0: Take a mental health day with Winnipeg rap veterans Gruff and Yai. Their album release show takes place December 29th at the Handsome Daughter. Doors at eight, show at nine, and including support from artists like Kits Willman, Bazooka Joe, and Epic from Saskatoon. That's Gruff and Yai's Mental Health Day release, December 29th at the Handsome Daughter. one of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up up your ass and get Alright, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, as people who listen to the show regularly know, uh, the focus on the podcast is is lo- local Manitoba musicians, but also Manitoba and music scene adjacent people. People who are, you know, maybe they are still musicians, but they do other things, like we've had shows on posters and music photography and behind the scenes kind of stuff like that. And on this episode, we're talking to someone who is, a, I think, a fairly well-known name and face in the local music community but you're doing something that's a little bit different uh, than what you were doing maybe a few years ago, uh, more regularly. So I think the best way to to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about uh, what you're up to now, because um, I think people know you, but they might not know you for this particular project.
1: Right. Um, Yes, well, uh, my name is Brent Jackson. I'm the owner-operator of Old Gold Vintage Vinyl, which is a uh, small boutique record shop Here in Winnipeg, in uh, Osborne Village, one eighty-seven Osborne, and specific. Uh, We've been there since about late mid two thousand eighteen up till now, and we've um, we've moved through a few different uh, phases of the shop, uh, which I can explain a little bit. Sure. Started off as a uh, well, I. I'll just kind of go a little bit further back, I guess. I've I've been a DJ, producer here in the city for a a long time, about 20 years or so, and also been collecting and buying uh, records um, to support that habit and uh, the art form that I love of hip-hop music. Uh, So uh, after just so many years of collecting and cultivating music, um, I sort of had to decide what I was going to do with all this stuff and uh <laughs> I sort of noticed a few holes I guess that I I wanted to fill in the local scene for music collectors and uh passionate uh people who wanted uh music that wasn't, you know, I don't know, just Metallica or Neil Young. Yeah. Stuff like that, so I was sort of
0: just, just sorry to interrupt here for a second, but I mean, before even before you had the store, you were always at a lot of events selling vinyl. Like, I know I bought oh. records off you, you know, over the years at various uh, you know, pop up record shows and things like that. So, this is that whole idea of, of selling interesting stuff, uh, maybe whether it's from your collection or elsewhere. That's, that's been a thing for a while now,
1: yeah. I always wanted to be the guy with the most interesting booth at yeah. <laughs> all the record fairs and stuff. Um, so, so, yeah, uh, I started basically doing the record shows here in Winnipeg uh, a very long time ago. Yeah, 20 years, which sounds kind of crazy to say now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, they had these biannual record fairs here in Winnipeg, and, and I was always sort of a fixture there. Um, and uh, and then I started a, a little Instagram-based business called Secret Sauce Records where i specifically sort of catered to djs funk hunters producers and uh and that did really well for me and i made a whole bunch of really great friends and connections and i get to meet and uh conversate with some of my hip-hop heroes growing up calling me for records which is kind of crazy but uh instagram's cool because it just makes the world so much smaller and uh easy to kind of meet people that are like-minded. But uh, all that aside, so fast forward a few years uh, ago where I met um, Michelle Arkand, who owns Urban Waves, which has been a stable sort of culture lifestyle shop here in the city uh, for over 30 years. Uh, She's been fixated in Osborne Village. So if you've ever sort of walked up and down the strip, probably at least seen the big funky shop shop there with all the t-shirts and incense it was it was like a head shop without any music in it,
0: yeah, yeah yeah that's a good way of describing uh, it for sure yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so we we kind of clicked and she invited me to do a pop-up in there she's like you know you want to set up a few things you know I was I was looking at retail space forever and uh I just nothing ever kind of clicked I was in a full-time job and before you know, embarking on your business, which you got to live and breathe twenty four seven.
0: Yeah,
1: it just wasn't there yet. And um, so Michelle invited me in. We started off with two little crates on the counter. A couple of months go by, it really pops off. People are really responsive to it. Uh, they like having a music store in the village, which is sort of essential, you know, like you, all the kind of connect the dots you would think like, why isn't there a record store here?
0: Well, there's a hole for sure. After music trader left, that was kind of the the missing piece. Yeah.
1: So, you know, and I was a long time customer of all the record shops in town, you know, everyone kind of who I was, uh, but, uh, after, so I opened up about two months before, uh, the later incarnated, uh, into the music closed down and then they moved back down, downtown. And now it's just sitting empty there still. But, um, uh so I just felt it was kind of really important for some reason. I felt like <laughs> we have to have a record store in Osborne Village. You know, if no one else is going to do it, then we'll do it. And uh, we sort of slowly evolved the shop. We renovated it two or three times. I put in new flooring. We painted everything. We built everything from scratch. And uh, it, basically, it's just uh, it's where it is, where we want to be right now. It's a beautiful boutique little shop, and if I wasn't me, I'd love to come in there and buy some records and just hang out and, and see some stuff that you wouldn't see in any other place here in this, for sure.
0: Well, and I guess, like, I mean, a big a big part of this growth of this store is that you've been doing this during a pandemic. I mean, it seems like every time I, I see new things about the shop, you, you got, you got a new sign, you, you've, you've, it's grown. There's more space for records. And this has all been happening during a time when, when stores in general have been struggling. Like, what has that been like kind of launching this business? And for the oh. bulk of it, you've been dealing with these restrictions and just a very awkward time to, to start something like that. It's very
1: stressful. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I'm surprised we made it to where we are now, but um, you know, we just kind of kept the pace and kept going Uh, They shut us down. It's like, well, they did the retail restrictions Mm -hmm. last year on November 12th, which is almost a year ago now. And uh, they were like, okay, you know, no one can come in any businesses. That's when they were taping off all the Christmas toys and stuff in Walmart. So you couldn't go in any businesses. So, yeah, we were operating on uh, curbside pickup. And any way I could get a record to somebody, I would. I was driving all over the city delivering you know three dollar records it was you know i just had to do whatever i had to do to keep it going and uh and it was pretty dark and stressful for a little while but people kind of kept kept up you know like i had to switch the game up a little bit i started doing these instagram videos where we'd show records and stuff because there's no real way to let people know what you have uh in a store like mine because all we carry is vintage old you know used items basically um, no new pressings or anything like that. I figured, you know, I looked at it really hard. There's enough places to get new music, right? Yeah. You can go to Walmart, you can go to any of the record shops in town. They have incredible selection of new records. Uh, you want Adele, you can go <laughs> go to the mall and get Adele. You know, I wanted to sort of focus in on uh, just sort of music that fell between the cracks or that only certain sort of subsects of the population would know. But then after you open a store, you sort of quickly realize that you need a lot of Billy Joel, you need a lot of Fleetwood Mac, uh, you need a lot of meatloaf and stuff like that, too. So, you know, we're we're happy to supply that to anyone who's looking to get it, you know, whether they're just coming into it or they have been collecting records for 50 years. Uh, I could usually find something for them. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, thank God the government was handing out a bunch of money to us and we qualified for some nice sort of uh, bill paying money, but you know, that's all, that all goes pretty quick. Yeah. They only gave three installments or something. Um, so when we were completely locked down, we had the idea, like, let's just do this reno let's go all out. Cause we don't know when we're going to get the chance to actually do this again. And um, so we just made the decision to push our opening date back a few weeks. And then uh, when we did open, it was, Minus 40, it was middle of winter, it was horrible cold, but people were still waiting outside, and God bless them. I love everybody for, you know, having patience, and when we were only allowed two or three people in at a time, they would hang out, and, and it was really cool. You know, we didn't have any problems. People were really yeah understanding in that way. They didn't, you know, there was a, a few odd crusty old grumpy men, but, you know, that goes with any
0: job. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> uh, maybe, that yeah. maybe speaks to the passion, though, of, of the type of clientele you have, right? Because, like you said, you're filling in, uh, you putting music out there that, that falls between the cracks and usually, for some of those subgenres, people are, are super into it. Like, you're not going to find a casual fan of some of the stuff you're selling. So, it makes sense that they would be more than happy to line up just to have the opportunity to, to go in and dig through some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I did a pretty good you know, I mean, I'm no professional Instagrammer by any means or anything, but I I kind of attribute it all to Instagram. other you know, we didn't have an active website. Yeah. Uh, you know, there wasn't anything like that really. So yeah, I had to kind of create a bit of an identity or a place where people could kind of check regularly to see what we were bringing in, and um, you know, what better way really now because everyone sort of just stared at their phone. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I just sort of tried to take advantage of that and embrace you know the situation but you know make the best of it for sure so that sort of led up to when we reopened this mid or early february or mid february uh and yeah we've just been rolling hard ever since and uh you know full time in the shop living there every day and uh yeah we have a great partnership with me and michelle so you know we we sort of trade off days and stuff but uh yeah, if you've come around, you've definitely met one of us for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on. So, what, uh, where, where are you getting this, these records from? I know at the beginning, a lot of it would have been stuff that you'd been collecting over the years, especially when you started out, you know, doing shows and things like that. But um, you got a lot of records in the store. Obviously, a bulk of it is probably from your own collection that you've built up. But where, where are these? Like, for example, the Billy Joel records and things like that. If someone, if you know people want that kind of thing, which maybe isn't something you had a lot of. I'm not sure. Uh, originally, like where are you sourcing these? Where are you tracking these down?
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, we buy collections, you know, I okay. have, you know, different avenues of buying those. So people are, you know, we get calls every week, but uh, it's kind of funny because you see the same record collection, like the same seventies and eighties record collection and like nine out of 10 calls. Yeah. And uh, cause Winnipeg, well, I guess it probably goes for anyone in the world really, but you know, the very popular stuff of the seventies, that's what was bought. Like I have an area in my store, which is probably about like this big. It's all Michael Jackson relics like, <laughs> 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 And there's just some stuff that doesn't sell anymore, you know? Uh, but yeah, we got collections. I have, uh, I have partners all over the, the States that I, I'm really good with. And uh, we, kind of pick things up where you know you never find a copy yeah prairie so uh yeah i have different methods you know i don't really always spill the sauce and tell my secrets but uh (laughs) yeah i I, I, it's an everyday hustle getting records there's no stop i just keep going because you know you take a day off there's about a million you know bedroom discog sellers that are looking to take the rights, right (laughs) <laughs> and you know that's fine everyone needs you know the hobby and you need to keep it going but uh yeah you got to get creative these days to find cool stuff that's
0: for sure well i imagine yeah. that 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 the whole concept of bedroom discog sellers it's got to make it easier and harder right because you can find stuff easily more easily you find out who's selling it but then yeah. everyone's selling their own stuff and you have to compete as a, as a brick and mortar store uh, with yeah. this kind of, you know, I, I look at Discogs every day. I don't buy things on it because I, I get angry about the shipping. <laughs> I never, I never pull the trigger. But I mean, just you know, if 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 I if I was the type of person who ordered a lot of stuff online, I could see myself maybe doing that rather than going to physical stores. And it's got to be a weird situation to well, to compete.
1: Well, in the beginning, it it was sort of odd because I felt like I was competing with my own customers. It's like, man, like you know. <laughs> These people, you know, I would see guys come in and they stare at their phones the whole time while they're looking at records and checking up prices and see if they could make a profit on it, you know. And I knew they were resellers or whatever. And I, you know, whatever, that's part of the game. Uh, But but then little old ladies started coming in with their Discogs pages and stuff. And it's so Discogs is turning into this more normalized platform of collecting music. Like it's every walk of life uses it now, or at least they log their collections on it and stuff like that uh but and there's are definitely people that are more comfortable just buying records online uh but we i really wanted to offer this experience of the store where you could come in and just sort of you know feel like drunk on music where you can come into an actual physical place uh, you know, no one bugs you, you just put your head down, you look at the records, you want to, you know, put one on, go ahead, we'll, the whole store will listen to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was important for me to offer a sort of a nice, welcoming, supportive, safe space for music lovers um, that were kind of interested in more than just what was being offered, I, I thought, you know, because I sort of created the store that I always wanted to go shop in this city because yeah. 'Cause I've been record stores all over the world. Like I've been everywhere in Europe, you know, Spain, Italy, all over the States and different sort of setups. And we took all the these experiences and sort of blended it up and I thought, you know, let's just make something really unique and cool. And uh yeah, I'm proud of it. We're we're really happy with, with how it's turned out and we're actually still renovating right now. We're adding another whole back room. Oh nice of uh stuff so yeah it'll be cool yeah we're not we haven't finished yet but it'll be neat when
0: yeah we're done. That's, that's awesome it's, it's really good to hear it i mean it's like like you said i mean osborne village for whatever reason feels like it needs a record store i don't know what that reason is but i think it's because there's always been one there at least one right and it's I mean, weird such
1: a, it's a center for music like think of all the ghosts of concerts and shows yeah. that have been going on osborne village and you know lately it's been kind of sad you know you go down there there's big holes on the ground where places used to be or they're just weird sort of stuff that (laughs) never existed before. Yeah. But um, yeah. So it's just sort of keeping that, that section of, you know, like the vibrant nineties kind of culture alive, you know, I I guess saying vibrant nineties, if you're around in the nineties in Winnipeg, then you would have known what Osborne was like. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, the whole city was there half the time just walking up and down the strip buying stuff eating food, uh, shopping. So, yeah, we, we really want to bring that back. And in like a side note of this, I just sort of, I, I met the new Osborne Biz Director the other day and uh, she's got some really cool ideas. And I think the city's going to see some some cool improvements and innovation in Osborne Village in the next year or so. I, like she's got some really cool plans and uh, it sounds like it'll it'll work out if she... If she can make it happen. So, That's
0: awesome. Yeah. It's it's good to hear that because I, I've often felt like I, I used to spend tons of time in the village, and lately it's almost been like a drive-through kind of area for me, where I haven't really stopped often because a lot of the reasons I went there are, are gone now. So it's nice to see that kind of idea of of having foot traffic and having people, you know, going into to sit there for an hour and look at records and stuff like it's it's an, it's a concept again. It's nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What do you think of um, sort of the, the the way that that vinyl is sort of considered in in the overall culture right now because it definitely has had over the past few years a bit of a moment where it's become more more mainstream for sure than it had been you know for about a 10 year period before that and yet there's kind of like the two different audiences for it there's the nerds who have been doing it for years like and I consider myself one of those two who just you know has always been buying records and isn't going to stop and then there's people who have sort of not necessarily younger people people who've caught on to it recently and they're, they're, they're getting into it and it's almost more of a um, it's not necessarily because they want to hear it in that format it's because they're collecting right they, they, they're they're hooked on the idea of of collecting the, the, the physical media so what do you think is the the, the future of, of records I mean I think they'll always be that first group who are not going to stop buying records ever but as far as its actual like kind of cultural position right now do you think it's going to continue to grow or is it going to drop off again?
1: It's funny. I have these talks with my, you know, buddies of mine all the time. Uh, Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's that famous sort of phrase that everyone quote air quotes, you know, record vinyls making a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But it, it, it it never went away ever. You know, it, uh, it's just sort of has newer audiences, right? Like every generation has a new pair of ears and eyes. Like, people's children come in looking for records their dads and moms used to play them. Like our, our demographic goes everywhere from like, you know, 12 year old kids to, you know, 80 year old ladies yeah. looking for Edith Piaf. So it's, it's kind of cool to see sort of like, you know, the look on someone's face when they finally touch a rubber soul album or something for the first time. And they're like, oh, wow. I can't believe, it. you know, so <laughs> So it's neat where you get to see that moment all the time. Yeah, you know, like we've all had that moment, where, you know, like wow, Led Zeppelin one, you know, just kicked my ass, and then you know, you get you see like a you know a young high school kid coming in to get it. So those songs never change; they still have the same power and magic, right? It's just sort of goes through different stages. Like it'll show up in a movie or a uh, commercial or something, yeah. and then everyone kind of comes in looking for that one or someone dies and they want that record all of a sudden uh, so it's an interesting kind of place to be when you're behind the counter because <laughs> yeah you see like uh, every walk of life wants some kind of music sure you know uh, so you get to sort of connect with them on that one sort of universal thing is, is music right like we can all appreciate something That someone else likes even if you know wouldn't go and buy it you know it's like you can talk for a few minutes about elvis or whatever the hell it is you know so it's uh it's it's fun it's my dream job Uh, but uh the future i mean yeah i don't think it's going anywhere at all and uh there are some strange things happening right now where you know certain bands and record labels can't even get their records made for another few years yeah it's crazy all these backlogs and There's all these weird things happening with vinyl factories where there's only like certain factories on the planet that are allowed to produce the chemical because it's such environmentally horrible. So there's all these like different things that go into it, you know. And then Adele drops a record and she needs 20 million copies of that record. Yeah. No one can have the record made for two years. Uh, But, you know, there's certain things are just getting more popular. Like, run the jewels drops a record kids are waiting all around the block to get it you sure. know or tyler the creator or something uh you know newer new age hip-hop is very i don't call it new age hip-hop but new, new era world. hip-hop yeah, yeah. It's so hot like you know it's like there's certain stuff it's like that stuff heavy metal yeah. you know punk you know that stuff's big in this city but uh yeah the future i think is just gonna keep going i mean the uh, a friend of mine works for Discogs. Uh, shouts out to Bird of Prey, and um, he's you know he's got some interesting facts. Like the usership during the pandemic skyrocketed. I like believe it. Millions of new users, right? So there's a definite hungry appetite out there for the the physical form. You know, you can't. There's. I always tell people this is sort of like a sidebar, mm-hmm. but. Uh, vinyl listening to a record is like a uh, is a ritual for your own self. For no sure. one else experienced that moment where you're gonna whatever the heck you're doing, you're washing the dishes, smoking a joint or whatever, you're just, you know, doing your thing, you wanna listen to some music. You gotta take time for yourself in that moment where you gotta actually listen to it, put the needle on. It's like a whole thing. You don't just yeah. run out the door and put your headphones on, right? So it, there's like this home based Safety to it where that's where your collection is. That's where your record player is And uh, it's just sort of like a safety thing. I think involved with it or like a warm feeling, you know, you I think so Get what you want take it home and that's your 10 minutes to just turn the rest of the world off, right? And I think because of that that'll never ever go away Uh, the only reason I think records would kind of chill out is if they just stop making them. Yeah, you know, like if <laughs> They come out with a noose something you know whatever the next thing would be but yeah I, I just sort of seeing the you know every entry point in collecting whether you're just a kid getting into it or an old person trying to get their records back that they sold yeah. at a garage 40 years ago um yeah it's the, it's just it's regenerational like it just keeps going it's awesome yeah yeah
0: i do like what you said about it being a ritual kind of thing for sure because i mean you have to be personally involved in it. It's not like you can just press a button and it'll do it for you. There's, there's a level of uh, commitment to what you're listening to as well, right? Because you have to, you know, you can't just hit skip to the next or shuffle or anything like that with a turntable. So you have to actually select the record you want deliberately and probably listen to it at least one side start to finish um, before sure. you switch it. So yeah, there's there's, there's that level of, uh, you have to put thought into it, I guess, more so than just yelling at a Google Home thing to play music for you or pressing a button on Spotify, right?
1: And it audibly sounds different, so for know, sure. No, yeah. yeah, and that I think does something to your brain. It's like, wow, this is like something else. Yeah, you know, like this, when, you know, it feels like it's right in front of you or something, or or with you. When you're listening to digitally produced music, it's not the same at all. And you know, anyone could tell you that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's part of the addiction, for sure. I think so. Yeah, and and it is an addiction. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, I see. I can tell you a lot of stories, you know, I've seen people, you know, go their whole lives, waste their lives away, you know, end up divorced, nothing but their record collection and a mattress on the floor, you know, yeah. on the apartment, you know, like, and uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, there's different ways to approach the addiction thing about it. There's a cool documentary called final I
0: think. I think I've seen that.
1: Yeah. And they just actually made part two of that,
0: I think. Oh, oh cool. cool.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's it has weird sort of connections with different sort of, you know, like if anything in your life's going to shit, at least you still have your music collection, That's right. you know?
0: That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. comforting. It's comforting to know you can go home and you have all of the, this this uh, body of work that you've put together, you know, <laughs> over the decades and decades. Like I was looking at a photo of my house like a decade ago. And my record collection there looks tiny and I haven't actively felt like I was buying tons of records, but I've at least quadrupled it since then just, just by going to stores and stuff, you know, and, and buying things at shows and everything like that. And it's, uh, it's weird to think about that because it's just kind of, I I try to pare my record collection down too. I I sell things and, you know, hand them off to friends and stuff after a little while to make sure I have space. But even that collection has grown way more than I would have ever imagined. Just, Without thinking about it, and I think I think you're right. You you get hooked into it, and you you see stuff, and you you want to take it home. You want to give it the attention it deserves, right?
1: You want to smell that stinky old record in your house
0: for sure. (laughs) You want a whole house full of stinky records, yeah,
1: yeah. Weird about that, where people sell parts of their collection to grow their collection. There's like weird sort of thing where I mean, if you're savvy enough, like a lot of people don't care, right? Like they'll some people, they only they won't spend more than $5 on a record yeah. or whatever. That's fine. But there's this sort of like, sort of savvier group of collectors that, you know, there was sort of like, well, when they say pare down, which I hear that a lot, they, you know, they sell stuff and then they just rebuy stuff. <laughs> so it's like this cool sort of thing that could feed itself if yeah. you're crafty enough. Yeah. You know, like you could really upgrade your stuff in your record collection just by selling your lesser copies to, someone else or on the internet, whatever.
0: And there's no end to it either because you, you're you never going to oh. have access to every record in existence. So you don't know what's out there. So there could be, you could find something tomorrow that is without realizing it, like your dream record. And then the week after that, you could find another one that, that beats that, right?
1: That's the craziest thing about it is you're right. There's no end. It's like, it's, it's like hard to even wrap your head around how many records, how many people made a record or an yeah. album press it on vinyl that you will never even know about there's yeah.
0: like you can't you, hell, you can't know about it yeah.
1: and i mean you know discogs is a cool way to sort of and instagram right just where people sort of share their finds and and put people on to other stuff but uh there's really that's sort of the romantic kind of mysterious thing about it is like you're just sort of you don't know where the end point is in yeah. in music because there's you know Hundreds of years worth of music out there on on vinyl. Yeah, that you know you'll probably never even know about. Uh, but you know, like I said lately, Instagram sure <laughs> sure changed every everything. Yeah, everything about the record game changed when Instagram vinyl community started coming up because, uh, you know, you get your popular sort of uh, content creators or whatever, just basically people. Made, taking pictures of the records yeah and posting it on the internet so it's had a weird sort of side effect where everyone who has a phone or instagram probably has a discogs account too yeah thousands of people so they're you know guy number one posts a picture you know well wow, okay 300 people all of a sudden uh click want on that record yep so it, it messes up the market. Well, not messes it, but it's always a dynamic market. It always changes, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. When you're ordering new vinyl, that's a set price point. It's like, okay, uh, this, whatever, you know, Metallica Records, 39 thirty nine ninety nine retail. And you, so you know the price you're buying it for, you know what you're going to sell it for. Yeah. But when you're in, in the used game, the prices are not set at all. You know, like... Uh, Someone wants X amount of money for their records and someone doesn't care. Uh, you know, so and then all this information gets lumped into uh, Discogs, you know, and Discogs has an al- algorithm of, you know, it bases the value of records on how many people want the item right. and how much it ever sold for. And then they base it on the condition of the item.
0: Right. They give you the average prices well, sold for and stuff over the years. Yeah, yeah
1: and uh and it's just it's never solid right like you're it's it's always dynamic and changing which which is a weird thing to do when you make a living doing this because it's you have to get creative and you have to be just adaptive and uh you have to have an open mind like you can't be like this sort of totalitarian sort of thing and you have to end up usually selling all the best records you find yeah which sort of sucks but you know I, i keep all the weird stuff that no one will want anyway so
0: well, until that one person comes in and, and, and wants all of it, you're going to have someone who asks you about something you've had in the back for five years yeah. or something. Yeah. Oops. Have you, um, what have you been, I know this has obviously been a huge focus for you. Like you said, you're in the store every day. You've been putting this together for years now. How? What about your uh, your own stuff as far as as far as DJing and, and making music? Have you done any of that recently, or have you been kind of on hold? Well, well yeah,
1: I chilled out on making, like I used to make a lot of beats and yeah. I used to DJ out publicly a lot uh and the best times i was djing were with the graffiti gallery you know just laid back sort of yeah no stress kind of background music stuff which i love so but no i mean just given over the last year or two years no public djing at all Uh, um i've been making mixtapes and stuff the odd time uh you know i i have like a mix cloud but uh Yeah, no, I haven't really been able to embrace any kind of creativity just because running the business is, like I say, it's twenty four seven. Like, if if I if I had hours, a couple hours to sit down and make beats, I'd, I'd, you know, something went wrong or I broke my leg or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not in the cards right now. And there's just so many, you know, I there's so many talented musicians in the city or like digital or beat makers and produce that I was like, man, I'm just. I'm going to throw in the towel right now. Maybe I'll do it again one day, but you know, you got guys like DJ cut down crab skull. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like these guys make the beats. I always like, wanted to make, it, so it was like, ah, why even bother? <laughs> just just let, them, let them do it. <laughs> and you know, but I do hook them up with records yeah. on the regular.
0: Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I am involved in some weird one.
0: Yeah. That's sure. a, that's a cool way of being involved for sure is being the guy, the guy at the back end who's, who's supplying yeah. the, the source material. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, I wish, What's the best way for people to find the store? I mean, obviously, going down on Osborne and then coming in and, and checking it out firsthand is, is probably the best idea, but to find you online and, and see what it's all about, what's the best option there?
1: Our functioning website, it's old gold vintage vinyl, all spelled correctly, one word, dot com. Um, I've got a Discog store. You could get all the links through our Instagram. Also, uh, vintage vinyl 204 you know, you hit the little bio thing yeah. there and there's a... Link tree that'll send you everywhere, um, and yeah, we're uh, we're always buying and trading records. If anyone listening out there is like, oh, "I gotta turn these records into some cash or some other records," we do that too. We love to work with the uh, community. Cool, uh, because without them, it's you're basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's a couple ways there. Yeah, for sure.
0: And what's the address again? Just uh, one more time, hammer that home.
1: We're at 187 Osborne Street. Uh, We're right next to Suko Thai. Nice, beautiful Thai restaurant. And we're right across the street from uh, Osborne Village, Inc. If you know where that is. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, right in the closer to uh, Confusion Corner than downtown. But it's a lovely little spot of the village that we hold down nicely. And, uh, yeah, we love it. We love being there. It's awesome. We love the neighborhood. It's fun.